This is Village Vice. I'm Zach Blackerby. He is Brad Law. And we're going to talk about Hugh Freeze's press conference from Monday, which, Brad, you just told me. You just told me that this was your favorite press conference moment in the last seven years. Why is that? Well, Zach, we've been to a lot of press conferences and different kinds of press conferences over the last six, seven years. But this one in particular, um, what do we talk about we love from from Hugh Freeze and his pressers? He, he's direct. He's honest. You don't yeah. have to decode or translate. And he was asked about the offensive aggressiveness in the second half versus the first half and why it was different. And when a head coach begins a comment with, you know, I'm, I've been pretty transparent, maybe to a fault, but I think that's important in, in any kind of relationship. And first of all, just addressing a relationship that exists between the head football coach and media members, um, kind of taking a book from the Bruce Pearl and, and Butch Thompson uh, page from those books where, mm -hmm. you know, they, they give access, they're open with, with what they're thinking about and, he basically said, you know, in the third quarter, they had one possession. It was six minutes long. They got three points out of it. They matched Mississippi State in the third quarter, three points to three points. One possession in the third quarter. And then in the fourth quarter, the possessions were negative field position. They were further back than the 25-yard line. Right. And and that State was running a bunch of middle blitzes and, and really aggressive defensive calls. Um, that just don't, with a two-touchdown lead, I, I love that he used the word wise. He said it wouldn't be based in wisdom to stay hyper-aggressive. Now, he, he did add that even with that, they had a third-down pass call that was complete to Brandon Frazier for a first down backed up deep in our own territory. Yeah, they got Wade went out. too far downfield. Right. Yeah, uh, wiped out for the flag. But he, he just – and he twice used wisdom. There's a difference between intelligence and – and wisdom. There's a difference between smart and wise. If you're smart, you have information. If you're wise, you discern when and when not to use the information or how to use the information. And I thought it was an important look inside the thought process of Coach Freeze and the staff in the second half, where they were mm -hmm. they were admittedly protecting a lead, but not just because it was a lead but because of what State was doing defensively when they had Auburn in a negative field position situation. It was kind of nice to get, a, okay, this is what they're thinking in those situations. And it's like, oh, gosh, we got the ball in the five or whatever it was. And it's like, hmm, our defense is pretty good. You know, I feel like we've kind of got a good handle what they're doing offensively to at least slow them down. We're up multiple scores. Like, let's yeah. just don't get a turnover here. Um, and, and I don't think that's a wrong thing. And, Look, I don't think it's a bad thing that that question was asked because that no. that's a big talking point from the Auburn fan base, especially the part of the Auburn fan base that just wants to be upset about everything and not enjoy a win, right? Because we all know that that part of the Auburn fan base is probably larger than we all would like it to be, but it, it is what it is. It's probably that way for every fan base. But that's a big thing. And I, I just know in the comments on, on these, it's been, well, Okay, yeah, you're talking about how good the offense is, but it's stunk in the second half. And it's like, well, context matters. Yeah. Context matters. And there's also this, you know, the, the way the way a game develops, like it's like a I mean, a football team's like an organism, right? Mm -hmm. Where it's like there, there's different parts, there's different organs, there's different systems. And it's like, well, what the defense does 
is based on what the offense does. And, yeah. and it's all connected, time of the game, your lead. I mean, so many different things have to go into this. And if you just look at offensive output in the second half, Auburn versus Mississippi State, like, yeah, that's, I mean, that's, that's part of it. But when you zoom out, like you freeze did so well, um, I think it makes a little bit, I think it makes a little bit more sense. I love that he used the word wisdom. I mean, that is, that is such a Hugh Freeze way to phrase that, right? Like, if we did yeah. that, it wouldn't have been like, you know, based it wouldn't have wisdom. Been based in wisdom. That is such a Hugh Freeze way to word that, and I'm here for it. Yeah, I'm I'm a huge fan of that because again, because it'd be just so easy to say it wouldn't have been smart. Well, all right. More so than that, though, it wouldn't have been wise. Smart or not is kind of irrelevant. Is kind of irrelevant. Smart depends on context. And in that context, you know, maybe it works if you try it again. But remember this now. Remember the pass to Javarius Johnson on the on the one-minute touchdown drive late in the second quarter? That's a tip ball. You get a tip ball at your own 20-yard line, and State picks it off. And, and Coach Freeze referenced this. He said, you know, they get a tip ball, pick six. All of a sudden, it's a one-score game, and momentum is totally different. Um, you, you have to have context. And it's so refreshing. Man. Zach, I'll just tell you, and there were some components of Auburn's last two head coaches that I appreciated and, and respected and got, and and you know, it, like it's not all negative, right? It, that's it's okay that not everything was negative, even if most things were negative. Um, uh -huh. But yeah, I love potatoes. Sure, big fan of French fries. I like working out. I believe you got to go one and zero every day. Like I'm, my gosh, every coach. Sure world and every if i see an elevator brad i'm like no there's got to be stairs somewhere nearby that's right and i, I believe if i'm injured i don't care i'm doing it yeah i believe it's important to have a good walk-on program i don't think you win the sec with just a good walk-on program but that's another story for another time right the fact of the matter is for about the last six or seven years press conferences fairly worthless you couldn't really get a lot of information from press conferences totally Totally. Um, we're not in that day anymore. Yeah. And I mean, it's changed how I, I do several different like media things around Auburn and yeah. for years, they're all so good too. Thank you, buddy. But I, I mean, so many folks would do like a post, like a, a presser reaction or whatever. And it's like, that's boring. Wow. Yeah, yeah, it's like, I mean, I would mention if something happened, if somebody was named Starter or something like that. But, I mean, there was, I mean, we got years worth of data, like people wouldn't click on that, right? Yeah. That's not the case anymore because what he says actually matters. And I think the Auburn fan base trusts what he's saying at the podium because of that. Even, even if it's stuff they disagree with, like the quarterback rotation, and he kind of hinted that we were going to see multiple quarterbacks against Mississippi State. Well, that's technically true. We we didn't really see it in the same capacity as we have been. But I mean, the Auburn fan base seems to trust what Hugh Freeze says at the podium right now. And I think that's telling. I think that's mm -hmm. telling that the messaging that he's trying to get out there that's genuine is is getting out there because the Auburn fan base knows that this is actually worth listening to right now. Yeah, completely agree. Um, my sleep habits are a lot better now than they were this time a year ago, but I legitimately nodded off. I, this is it's on me more than it's on anybody else. A few times last year in the first seven or eight press conferences, I, I literally caught myself nodding off 
in in the middle of the press conference and mm. just doesn't happen now. So that's that's fun. And that's it's just an boy, it's a small thing or may seem like a really small thing. But in terms of messaging, in terms of overall, the way the program operates, it's just another thing that you have to like. You don't have to be excited about it, but I, but I think you've pretty much objectively, if you're an Auburn fan, go, I, I like that. That's a that's another positive attribute within the program. No question. No question about it. Hey, I uh, want to tell you guys about our friends. MyBookie.ag is the best place to wager on all of your sports action because you could do it from anywhere. They've got a great mobile-friendly website. You could do it from your computer too, but they've got a great mobile-friendly website. MyBookie.ag. Make an account for free. When you make that first deposit, use promo code NEXT round Auburn 13 and a half point favorites against Vanderbilt as we sit here and record this on Monday Brad we'll discuss our thoughts on if that's a I think it's a good line because I'm not exactly sure which way I'm going with that quite yet Mm -hmm. but if you're more sure than I am right now head over to mybookie.ag and put your money where your mouth is and you'll uh, you'll be blown away by all the different things they have over at mybookie.ag and once again use that promo code next round Brad what else stood out to you from Hugh Freeze's comments on Monday. Uh, the offensive line play. He he stopped short of saying that Connor Liu had a great game. He said he was really solid. And you now we just talked about candid, you know, candor in the press conference. And now we're gonna we're gonna parse words. You know, I don't know if that means they wanted even more out of Connor Liu, but you know, SEC freshman of the week and Gunner Britton, who was a little bit banged up, apparently gets you know co-lineman of the week in the league, and with good reason. Uh, he singled out their protection of Peyton Thorne, said it was the best they had protected him. And I thought it was interesting in talking about the offensive line. He mentioned the rotations. He was asked a terrific question about the line rotating virtually every series, especially in the first half, and how they're they're trying to do a little load management with Cam Stutz and a little bit with Gunnar Britton here the rest of the way. So I think that gave you a little insight as to what you could see from the line the rest of the way. Yeah, I think so. And I mean, just like the eye test, right? The The running game was effective. And, mm-hmm. and sometimes Jarquez Hunter was making his own yards, but sometimes that was happening four yards past the line of scrimmage, which is exactly, exactly what you want. And then Peyton Thorne not being rushed a whole lot, um, had a clean pocket and, he did it. I think he did a good job getting the ball out of his hands quicker, but still mm-hmm. the pocket was clean, which is going to make you more comfortable as a quarterback. So it's hard not to see the offensive line play from Saturday and not be encouraged by it. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the penalties drive me crazy, but that's just kind of part of it, I think, especially at this point of the season. I don't really see those going away at yeah. this point. And this is more of the timing of them than the actual penalties themselves, it seems like. But Connor Lou, you said it. One start, one, you know, SEC offensive lineman of the week. That's um that's like a perfect track record. So yeah, Brad. Um and prediction, it, it happens again. Yeah, I, I kind of think so too. Uh, this this fast and free idea that they've implemented starting last week. Mm-hmm. Uh people who were at Tiger Walk noticed a lot of different looks from the players during Tiger Walk. And we understand the directive was wear whatever you want. So Alex McPherson wore his big brother's NFL jersey. He's walking down Tiger Walk in a, in a Bengals jersey. 
Uh, guys were walking down the, the in cowboy hats and cowboy boots. Some guy, Elijah McAllister, had on like a three-piece suit. Looked unbelievable. Which Looked is almost, very Elijah McAllister, right? It, it is very on brand for, for Elijah. Um, wear what you want. Be comfortable. Let that translate into the way that you play the game. And, well, you, you, the winning formula is you stick with what works until it doesn't work anymore. So yeah. I, I see that sticking around. I really do. And I thought you saw it even in the wide receivers. The wide receivers look, you know, they, especially the guys we talked about on the Sunday show, the reaction show, Javarius Johnson healthy, Jay Fair looking quick, um, and even Caleb Burton, who uh, Hugh Freeze singled out in the press conference today as, you know, a guy who has earned it and hasn't minded putting in the work practice after practice. And that has translated now to more opportunities in the game. So we've talked about, you know, Hugh Freeze, when he says something, he means it, and there's no reason to decipher it. I do want to decipher that one just a second. Okay. Caleb Burton, you're the future. You are a part of our future plans here. Yep. Hold tight. And Caleb Burton's not in a situation where he can transfer after this year unless he's going to graduate super early, which he could, but I, I don't think he can leave after this season. But I do think the wide receiver room is going to look a lot different. I think some guys are going to leave, and then a lot of these guys are transferred in are going to be out of eligibility, right? Yep. And I think Caleb Burton is a dude that Hugh Free sees being a part of this offense when it takes a big step from this year to next year. I firmly believe he believes Caleb Burton is part of that because that was a talking point when Caleb Burton said he was entering the portal, leaving Ohio State, and he was a guy that I was really high on, I think, and I was told just by a few folks that Auburn wanted him. And then when they got him on campus, that was it. The idea of that was an instant impact. The idea of that was, you know, this is a guy that was highly touted. Uh, I think he's from Texas and then went to Ohio State and then obviously coming down here now Yeah, where the talent's clearly there. It's just he was buried with 10 other guys that, you know, are going to have futures in the NFL because Ohio State, I mean, if you're a receiver and they want you, you go there. Yeah. And the future is great, but the fact that he's playing already I think is really, really telling. And also the way that they figured out how to involve, and if you would have told me this going into the season, I don't know if I would have believed you, but in Auburn's best game for the receivers in, in conference play, they involve Burton, Jay Fair, and Javaris Johnson all in the same game plan. I didn't think there'd be room for all three of them, mm -hmm. but those are the best three guys that outside of Rivaldo Fairweather, like pure receivers, I think those are the best three receivers in Auburn's wide receiver room right now. So if you've got to slot guys out a little bit and put them out, you know, uh, on the far left or far right at X or Z or however they label their receivers internally, do it. Put those guys on the field more often. I I'm all about it. Yeah, you got to have your most productive guys on the field. And I can't wait to go back and watch the full game replay and specifically the play where he gets held because – Hugh Freeze mentioned it today that they were they had a shot they they had a shot play for him a, a deep ball and and he got held so um, would love to go back and identify that I think that is a plan for uh, for for Caleb the rest of the way is to try to get him involved downfield use his speed he's got the speed um, nearly broke away for for a huge gain on uh, on his first catch too so. Yeah, he's, he's he moves well, guy. man. He yeah. he moves well out of his cuts, and, and I'm excited to see what that exactly looks like this year. But he he played five snaps in the slot and eight snaps out wide. Seven were to the left, one was to the right. And I just don't know if I would have believed that he would have been able to do that 
mm-hmm. going into the season. And I mean, I, I don't know fully if that's a design thing or if they just like Jay Fair at the slot more. So they're going to like keep yeah. put him on the outside more just to get him on the field. I don't know. I think we'll learn more about that next year. Yeah. Um, when some of these guys out, but you look at Jay Fair's splits, Jay Fair, he lined up in the slot 24 times and he was out wide just once. So, I mean, Jay Fair is their slot guy. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, um, I like it. I like all getting all three of those guys involved. I think they've got to do that more moving forward. And you're right. I do think the receiving core looks vastly different next year. I think that's a point of emphasis, just like the the lines, especially the offensive line was a point of emphasis going into this season. I think the receiving core may may become emphasis number one um, when you look at next year's building. So um, I think it it has to be right. Unless you want to go get some older defensive backs. I think they like the youth in the defensive back room, but they're going to have to get older there. In the offseason, unless some guys just really shock some folks with coming back. Linebacker is one that I'm seeing a lot of people say. I'm not necessarily buying that because I don't think those guys are really going anywhere. Um, so yeah, I think it's either defensive back or wide receiver. Yeah, I'll give you that. Yeah, both 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 in the portal and from the high school ranks. Mm, and totally. and then it becomes interesting to see do you have guys who are X's, guys who are Y's, guys who are Z's, or however they label, and they just stay there because you're going tempo and you're not subbing and, and you're trying to line guys up quickly and that becomes more the norm. I tend to think it is the, the way that is the way it'll look next year and beyond. But, you know, kudos to the coaching staff for find, for continuing to work to find solutions. And it's not all locked in. They're still going to have to, you know, the coaching isn't finished for this year. Um, but they have found a formula that at the very least worked well enough to, to get you a good lead against Mississippi State enough to win the game. No doubt. No doubt. All right. Your favorite part of the show, Brad. It is my favorite part of the show. Manscaped.com. For whatever the paper, whatever your favorite part of your show is, Manscaped has a solution. You love that. Don't you lie and say you don't love it. You love it. Right now, if you use our promo code VICE, you can get 20% off plus free shipping at manscaped.com. I use the handyman. It is the compact face shaver. It is easy to use, easy to clean, easy to store. It is, uh, it's just made my little grooming routine so much easier and it will for you as well. Now they also have bundles and special packages and listen, we're almost to Christmas shopping time. Uh, get the man in your life, something from manscaped manscaped.com 20% off plus free shipping with the promo code vice manscaped, the best in men's grooming. One other comment that, that I want to discuss from the presser, and we'll put a bow on this Monday edition of Village Vice, Brad. And if you enjoy this content, please like the video mm-hmm. and click that subscribe button. Subscribe to the War Dam Pod YouTube page. really helps us out a ton. But he talked about how much you like Peyton Thorne and how he, you know, it was kind of like, let's either do this or not. You know, we're going to find somebody that can do what we want him to do. But then he added a little caveat that said, and I'm paraphrasing here, but he said, we also had a plan for Robbie, but we didn't get to it. Um, I, I thought that was surprising. Yeah. Also surprised that he said it, but that goes back mm. to like, he's very candid. Yeah. He's very candid with what he does. Um, what do you think about that? I think it was a red zone package, similar to what we saw very early in the year, but Auburn's first two scoring drives, the, the first two touchdowns were outside the red zone. There were longer passes outside the red zone. Good point. And then the third was in the two-minute drill. Good point. And so 
I think in that scenario, they just weren't. This is a landmark. Ba- this is a landmark based offense. So we had Coach Freeze one of the early Tiger talks. He explained their play calling thought process and the plan, and that is they call certain plays not for certain situations, like all right, it's second and four, or it's you know third and two, or but they do it by landmarks. When we get to the fifty, now there's this package. When we get to the thirty, there's this. So my assumption based on that. I don't, this is an inside info. I do get inside info sometimes, but this isn't it. Um, is it was a red zone package. He had a red zone package similar to game one, but they didn't get to the red zone in their first two touchdowns. So. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. It certainly makes sense. There's a few pictures of Robbie on the sideline that kind of circulated on Twitter um, where he's kind of sitting on it by himself and like didn't really get up in the second half there. That kind of makes me think maybe it's wasn't that. Yeah. But I don't know. I mean, that's all speculation at that point. But we'll see how the quarterbacks are handled moving forward. Based off of what we saw Saturday, I think you'll see less of a rotation. And I didn't mind Robbie, like putting Robbie in for the package when it was the first play of the third series when they were like standing in their end zone and you wanted to, you knew you wanted to do that. I thought that was fine. I thought that was a fine play call. But, all in all, that was um, that was one of the more interesting comments that he said on Monday's presser. So I wanted to spend a time talk. Anything else from Monday's presser yeah. that we need to shed some light on? Not really. Um, I to to continue the discussion about Robbie though. I wonder if because they didn't use him in those first two drives, like I wonder was that the plan to get the first play of the third drive, no matter where the ball was, or could that have been an audible and say, man, we hadn't we hadn't had Robbie in the game yet at all. Let's Let's see if he can help us get off the goal line. Yeah, it, it could be any of it. Yeah. Totally. It could have been any of it. And all, I think all of that makes sense for different reasons. But I think that about does it for today's show, Bradlaw. It does. Thank you, everybody, for watching. We appreciate it. Remember, until next time, uh, everyone has vices. Everyone has vices. Make sure Village Vice is one of yours. Uh-huh.